You're listening to the Unreasonable Fridays Podcast Network. subjects. You are listening to a broadcast of the Cuntcast podcast, a conversation with a classily characterized cunt, carefully crafted with cognizant courage to champion conscientious consummation. I am your host, the Jailer Ree, and I am joined by my favorite human being, Mr. Aaron Rand Freeman. How are you doing, sir? I'm living um, my best life possible. Um, and by that, I mean yes. still navigating. I was, I was trying. Listen, <laughs> I was um, trying to match your positivity. No, I mean it's kind of like <laughs> it's kind of like a a good time in like The Walking Dead, like a good time on the settlement. You're having a good six hours, but you know if you get on you get on top of a tree and look in a pair of binoculars, you'll see a hundred zombies just kind of out in the wilderness, just doing zombie stuff. And it's a good day because the scale for a good day has changed permanently. So, you know, I'm... I I'm, feel that. Right. That's... So I'm in, I'm in the house and uh, safe and trying and that's it. That's all you can ask for. Playing video games. That's it. Sounds good. I gotta say, season two of the pandemic, um, not my favorite. Um, I do love that I am no longer expected to go out and do things with people. But other than that, um, I feel like I'm doing my best given the circumstances. And that might not sound like a ringing endorsement, but um, I've also not gone insane and like become a woman of the woods, and, like fashioned rudimentary sex toys from the bones of my enemies or anything like that. So sometimes you got to look at the bright side of things. It is good that um, we've kind of, I guess some people can find a little bit of a rhythm here. I do find it strange that we are no longer acting like we're in a pandemic while people are in a pandemic. And the pandemic is the answer for most of the problems. Like if you ever yeah. see you see the news reports and they'll talk about a uh, lack of people here or a lack of manpower there. Yeah, or I was like, why is there a disruption in the supply chain? It's like a million people fucking died. Yes. <laughs> like, and then and at then, least like a bunch of them were like supply chaining it up. And I believe in um, response, about 200,000 people retired. So some a lot of folks died. A lot of folks can't go back to work. Um, and a lot of folks retired, like um, the parents. Now we can't have two because we can't send our kid. We can't have the ability to um, 
send our kids anywhere now for childcare. Sometimes the parents are home. So now where there were two parents working, there's one parent working and a yeah. huge chunk of folks retired because they saw a bunch of people die. And then the country's response was like, LOL, get back to work. So they were like, bet, and stopped working forever. <laughs> yeah. As yeah. they should. Especially if you're old, because they were telling you, it was like, well, some of the elderly will have to go in the grand wood chipper of capitalism for the betterment of me and my boat. And uh, they responded yeah. by. A lot of um, like older workers were also just like let go. So it wasn't like your choice to retire. But yep. like, I'm 60 seven years old i'm not gonna get another job because of ageism and nobody wants to pay me what i'm worth so yeah <sighs> economies <sighs> but we have things we have a program discuss. it's a program full of full of program things yeah i feel like um like, what's the opposite of, like, doom scrolling? Like, when you just, like, obsess about the news and, like, the world around you and it just makes you, like, all anxious. I feel like I have developed the opposite of that where I uh, only scroll entertainment stories about people I do not know. So I'm always like, this is useless bullshit. But, like, I have chosen to to look at that, so I don't actually, like, ingest anything, so. Actually, it's funny. Um, I almost would like to do a general information, like, collection about, I, about what it is that we do. Because we did doom scroll, but in the opposite, we do scroll something. So, I do want to know what it is that we scroll now that isn't doom. Well, I feel like this is I'm on my second or third iteration of blank scrolling. Before it was doom scrolling and being like the news hound I used to be. Uh, and then I was like, okay, that's not doing anything. And then I was like pop culture obsessed. So it was just like nerdy scrolling. And then I got sick of um, other nerds and people, which I don't blame myself for that. Uh, and now I'm doing the like all the articles I get. Like Google's like Teen Mom did a racism, and I'm like, why is Teen Mom still on the air? What? So now I just feed myself useless information that I I cannot possibly care about, and I feel like that is uh, my new coping mechanism is reading about celebrities um, whose contributions to the world I'm not gonna like gloss over. But just, like, they don't resonate with me. <laughs> uh, I just keep looking at, like, the lowest tier of celebrity gossip to the point where um, Twitter actually was, like, breaking the baby calls cops on Danny Lee. And I was like, I hate that I know who these two people are. Um, so let me, at three in the morning, watch several live Instagram things um, and form a half opinion. I'm not going to say it's a full opinion, but a half opinion on uh, two people that I should never think more than five minutes about. 
And I feel like the biggest hypocrite because was I not just yelling at people for being in a dude that looks like a foot? His his John Mulaney. That one. Uh, And now here I am forming an opinion on the uh, questionable relationship of... uh, well, let's let's make a rule then. Let's make a rule. Okay, we're gonna let's go. We can formulate because it is with respect part of your doom scrolling alternate alternate thing, yeah. right? I, blank scroll. In my defense, it is also local news because this did go down like ten miles from my house. Okay, so. Okay, so then we can put a time limit based on the ages of the people involved. So Danny Lee, I don't know. right? Danny Lee is twenty six, oh. and the baby is twenty nine. Oh, I thought he was a little younger the way he was acting. No, he's just that, he's just that's he's disappointing. Just, no, he's he's just a, with all due respect, he's just a bit of an idiot. He's just dumb it's not a he's I not a could have sworn he was like no fresh 23 years old no this is why he for the record i thought this was why he was um getting canceled all over was that he is now officially old enough to know better if he was like 20 then you know you give him a second to get his bearings no he's far too old to be acting like he does i mean he's not like you know 40 or whatever where i'm like Here's the deal. If you're, if I you're, absolutely give you no wiggle room, but like, um, his 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 viewpoint, his, the issues that he has, and his viewpoints are that of um an eighteen nineteen year old. His problems, what he's saying, his opinions on the matter, his replies, the discourse, the discourse, is that of a twenty year old. So it's, it's he's he's behind, which is why I thought people were just like, get the fuck out of here, baby, do better, which is general rule he was charming for all of 29 seconds and then just ruined all like the like good he came came he did he came in as a vibe he absolutely did arrive as a vibe and then we um spent a little too much time with the camera on him yeah we did it, it just it just you know and it's one of those things it's unfortunate but yeah we we spent a little too much time with him, and as you know, if that happens. You know that that is what happens. And, uh, yeah. So now we can um we can grand opening, grand closing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel like there are definitely worse celebrities. You have um, nobody attending to the mental health needs of Kanye West, and he's having weird church services with. Uh, Addicted to abuse, Marilyn Manson. Uh, I I kind of feel like there should be like a little more people going. Hey, maybe let's examine what this means uh, as permissible in our culture. But no, uh, right. that did not light up Twitter the way this the baby situation did. He generates um, far too much revenue for far too much people for anyone to do a deep dive into why the fuck. Far, far too much revenue. Yeah, what was weird, like I, uh, when I'm writing, sometimes 
I just have YouTube playlists. Like it'll be like, you're a ballerina dancing with a ghost in a dark academia setting. Like those type of like weird, uh, like nine hour long instrumental playlists. Right. And somehow it'd be like, oh, your playlist is done. And then it'd be like, do you want to watch Kanye West's Sunday <laughs> service? And I'm just like, me, the person who was listening to the dark academia ballerina dancing with the ghost, like, who did he pay to make that <laughs> pop up? Because I damn sure am not engaging with his art anymore. Like literally on title, you could block artists. So I have it. So Kanye West's new stuff never shows up. Um, I also blocked his thing on YouTube. So I'm not supposed to ever hear about him again. Um, and yet... YouTube was like, oh, I know what you want. This uh, Sunday service. And it, it is weird. Um, and I feel like if we weren't in season two of the pandemic, this wouldn't be so easy to get away with. Like, more people would be like, this is weird. Hmm. Like, I feel like the pandemic has dulled our senses. I mean, it could be the pandemic. It could be, you know, uh, just post-Trump malaise. We're just wasting away with terminal ennui. <laughs> I mean, the collective exhaustion. Yeah. It, it <laughs> manifests itself in two things. One, powerful inaction. A just legendary it's of inaction and um a refusal to take seriously any issue that can't be changed quickly so we have a lot of venom for things that um don't matter like entertainment and we yeah. do not have a lot of venom for things that matter like representation and the actual social direction of our of our country those things take so much time to change we now have deemed those things too much of a, of a walk too long of a walk so we just spend our time yelling at things that are objectively fine yeah i also noticed that like in my uh i guess i'm gonna call it like post post doom scrolling uh interactions with the internet i have realized that so many media entities have been like bought by more right wing entities. So like they'll cover a story where uh, one of the teen moms, don't ask me to remember her name because I'm not gonna, I forgot her face while I was looking at it. But uh, she was supposed to launch a like mommy yoga line or whatever. And she got dropped. And the articles talking about this was like, oh, well, Teen Mom got dropped. So her clothing line isn't going to launch. They didn't mention that she got dropped because uh, she was yelling at LeBron James and calling uh, a murderer uh, a great American and brave. And I kind of felt like they were burying the lead by not mentioning that. It was just like, oh, she doesn't know what she's going to do, but she has going to, she survived her tears and she's going to try to make this launch happen. I'm like, 
but like we're gonna gloss over the fact that she's like uh i'm really really so into this white nationalist murderer like he's an example of a marion uh and so that makes me feel like like i'm trying to not uh over engage in uh the doom and gloom politics but you even in the most vapid and uh just non-magnanimous of news stories if you go like just like a, a, a millimeter deeper you're like oh yeah i forgot we're all doomed and everything is terrible so i feel like it is post post uh doom scrolling but still on a certain level it's just doom scrolling with extra steps well i don't think anything is 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 um, unaffected by the state of the world right now so it's everything everything is doom scrolling because a lot of things are very few things are exist outside of whatever state humanity is in so we whether you know it or not you we i'm always i'm always laughing at the um aggression people have like i mentioned earlier about entertainment like um they and disney announced they're bringing back the x-men cartoon for example the, uh, one from Fox. right right they're bringing it back right so the general I... response is is everyone is kind of like it better be good or else and really it, it's like Look. the original x-men cartoon fell off the rails fairly quickly after it hit the scene we only remember the first season and a half of it with rose tinted glasses and then they removed all the money from it and then it became i don't know i like the later episodes where they go into space and you have charles's girl with the crazy hair i love that (laughs) (laughs) there was more i stuck around there was there was a there it was it was definitely up and down in the way our classic cartoons were but yeah. there's a general like a, a shaking of the fist, a rattling of the saber at Disney, and Maybe. it's like it, it the the doom scrolling the state of humanity means that we never we aren't enjoying what is happening. There is never a moment where humans truly trust the like. At this point, Disney's not going to fuck up anything related to Marvel because that's where their money comes. That's where a big chunk of their money comes from: the Disney stuff, Star Wars, Marvel. So. Obviously, it should be fine, right? Right. Yeah. But we talk, we, we react this way. We just kind of like have this general aggressive, miserable, curmudgeonly response <laughs> to things that are to just like things that don't matter because of where we are, because of the level of fatigue, because of the misery. We just kind of are now locked into this. We can't even enjoy ourselves without shaking our fist at something as a people and it's just like well i kind of feel like disney also did that to themselves with uh like when they had the new star wars movies which i kind of feel like they're bad they're bad movies (laughs) even like the best one right mid right but star wars is always mid yeah, the only like, the the only Star Wars escape being made in the novels via novelization. The entire no, I world, read those novels. Listen, listen. I'm not they saying they're classic. Had a dark cloud, evil lady. 
Listen, I'm not saying that they're classic. I'm saying is the novels, the world of the novels is better than the world of the movies. Sure, but it was also goofy as fuck. Right. Um, but it was still I more- would say that they mess up with Star Wars when like the fanboys, like the most toxic fanboys were catered to. Yeah. For the like detrimental results. And so now they have this oh, well, they have to listen to me because I'm the... And I was like, that's not how art works or it shouldn't. Um, but also, we allow Disney to have a monopoly, so what the hell else are you going to watch? If if you think that these Star Wars movies are genuinely good, chances are you're not going to mosey on down to IFC and, uh, you know, watch some cinema. So you're going to take whatever trash they shovel in your mouth you would go, mm, Daddy, thank you for the content. And you're going to go along your way. Like, they know that. I mean, everything around Star Wars is much better than the movies. Mandalorian yeah. is much better. Cartoons are much better. Yes. I, I, don't, I think, like, I... Star Wars was such a, like, formative thing for me in my childhood. Because, like, I... Like, Star Wars has always existed for me. Right. Like, um, like... I remember, like, my first memories, I had a bunch of, like, Star Wars stuff because my dad really liked it. So even as, like, a baby, my first thing, we had, like, little stormtroopers and stuff. And uh, as I grew up, I'm like, oh, this is just some corporation, like, manipulating me, (laughs) saying, oh, don't you love your childhood? So I guess you have to love our brand. And I just can't, like, vibe with Star Wars the way I used to. Just enjoy it as like something that I understand is made for children. And I'm just, it's like uh, feeding my inner child because now I know that it's like this harsh conglomerate that is destroying uh, just so many, so many lives with their monopoly uh, is hoarding nostalgia and like wielding it like a, a weapon Uh, against the masses and uh, not even making stuff for the kids that star wars was originally for they're making it for like angry uh fanboys who like just piss blood every time a woman or somebody who is not white is on screen so it's just i don't it it just it i feel like there was less stuff to enjoy (laughs) Definitely more stuff to enjoy. Because of how people engage with popular culture now. Oh, there's definitely more stuff to enjoy. Um, That's kind of my point. There is more stuff to enjoy. The vocal minority is vocal, but it's like, I'm not going to lie to you. Star Wars has always been strange. The movies have always, always been strange. But the universe itself is better than it's ever been even though the movies still cater to the wrong people. And that's what I mean. There's something there's something of value constantly around, and that is and our inability to see it is part of the general fatigue that we have of living in the hellscape. Is that we we no longer we no longer can see the things that are happening. We're just like this sucks. It all sucks. And then if nothing sucks, then we make sure something does suck. <laughs> and we make sure we find something that sucks about the thing when it's objectively fine 
as most things are fine. I feel like that's what people are doing to Marvel stuff now. Because, like, when I read reviews of The Eternals, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a, a dumpster fire. I got to see this. And I was like, oh, that was a perfectly serviceable, fine movie. Right. Yeah. And I was like, you Wait. seriously think that, like, we that was as like not as good as Doctor Strange or friggin' uh, Thor: The Dark World. Ant Man. What world? The um, like I said, we have we live in a time where things, for the most part, we don't have the dumpster fire anymore. Like after, in terms of games, in terms of music, in terms of movies, we have we don't have the raging dumpster fire. The triple A plus dumpster fire, the hundred million dollar dumpster fire, like we used to, like um, like Spider Man three, for example. We don't have those anymore, but we don't. We refuse to acknowledge that, and we will just create the Spider Man three out of nothing. Now we will create the thing that sucks. So now Eternals sucks because nothing sucks. <laughs> so something has to be terrible, and we've now assigned the terrible to the Eternals, for example. So, you know, it's, like I said... And I'm not saying the Eternals is perfect. No, absolutely not. I'm saying, when I say things aren't bad, I'm saying is that we need to understand that things back in the day used to be shitty. Like, bad, bad. Like, Punisher with Thomas Jane, bad, uh, bad. Right? Like, do people forget... Electra or right right yes so we have movies now that are at their worst serviceable seven out of ten films right like that's great they used to just not make sense yes movies were incoherent (laughs) especially superhero (laughs) movies were incoherent when we were kids incoherent growing up absolute nonsense uh, like I was on the bandwagon that Venom was really terrible, and then I rewatched uh, the Fantastic Four movie with Silver Surfer, and I was like, "Oh, no, Venom's actually not that bad." Yes, yes, Venom <laughs> guy very spoiled. Yes, Venom one and two are two seven out of ten movies. That's it. We create the Spider-Man three out of nothing now. Yeah, like if Venom came out in like 2004, it would have won an Oscar. Because <laughs> <laughs> the slop that we were like, yes, this Bro. is a passable and good movie, actually. Bro. Like, yikes. <laughs> Bro. We, it was, it, it was messy back then, and we just, like I said, yeah. and, I don't know. It's it's because I think as people have very short memories for one, but I also think we are we are taking out frustration on our entertainment. We absolutely yeah. do. So many things are getting we chew out. We spend yeah. so much of our free time yelling about the entertainment. And that I had to like check myself one day because I was you know dicking around on Facebook because I'm old, and somebody was like how am I supposed to know what the Eternals is? They're like doing all this new stuff and I don't get it and blah, blah, blah. So I'm supposed to just know all this information. And like, I was about to type like, yeah, like welcome to comics. Like, 
their tie-ins and you'll will have to figure stuff out like what and I was like oh I'm kind of being like that guy right now like I'm pretty much like oh so you didn't read the 1991 uh, run of this obscure title so you don't know who Kingo is I'm like oh yeah. just let people enjoy things yes. and instead of being like Oh well, this is how comic readers have always do. I was like, you know what? If you if you want to know about the Eternals, I actually did read that goofy ass shit. Ask me questions, and it it was such a better interaction than going. I must gatekeep because you don't know as much about the thing as I know right now as somebody uh, with the body of a heavy reader, like. I, like that's what I did. This person, you know, is on a keto diet, has multiple interests, raises children. Like they they don't have long boxes under their beds, and that's fine. You can still enjoy the thing. I don't. Uh, I I was disappointed when I felt myself turning into comic book nerd guy. It depends on why. Um, uh, I find myself doing this when wrestling is be- wrestling. People will talk about wrestling without context. They'll have an opinion on something that is completely fueled by context. So you go, actually, two years ago, and you know, because and I have a problem with it. I actually freely admit the short-sighted reactionary nature of folks is now becoming more like bait to me because I'm like, I've lived too long and I remember too much stuff where now people are yelling about a thing. Um, and I'm like, well, the reason why this thing exists was um, started five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago. And then you have to, in telling them that, you begin well, actually in 2016, a, a little known company started a promotion called, and it's just like, yeah, I'm right, but... And I am right, but it's just like I need you guys to stop screeching about entertainment so hard. Like everything just started last week. <laughs> like, please, I don't want to have to give you a history lesson, but most things are governed by context. Please, yeah, please stop screeching. It's okay. We're in a good spot. And I say this. I was telling Erica this. We're in such a good spot. We have nothing else to focus on but social issues. There's nothing else. Our entertainment needs are being super served. Our backlogs are incredible. They could stop making stuff. And we would have stuff for five continuous years of watching stuff. We are covered. All that's left for us is social issues. To yell about. That's it. It's like we should be, but we're so we're not. Tired. We're so tired that we're just like Eternal <laughs> sucks. The, the, the AEW sucks. <laughs> like as I was watching Eternals, um, double masked up. So don't yell at me. I don't um, know you. You've grown. Well, you know, you should be able to get. You should be able to get three hours with people a month. I mean, what the fuck. We. I mean, you gotta. Here's the deal. At some point, statistically, every group of people has a person with COVID in it now in America. That is a fact. 
how you deal with that reality is the reality we all live in per person. <laughs> Whether you don't give a fuck, more power to you, or give all the fucks, we all need to deal with it. So you wow. if you see a movie once every three weeks is fine. We have to deal with it. We cannot escape it. It's endemic to the country. America is COVID-19. <laughs> rah, rah. 2022 so yes there's nothing wrong with it you trust i trust you to see the proper matinee with the masks on it's assumed that you are taking advantage you're taking care of yourself it's fine yeah like i kept the mask on it ate nothing uh just touched nothing <laughs> but i did go see it like as i was watching it i could feel like the think piece rising out of me when um like there, there is a sex scene in the Eternals. I think it's not a, a major spoiler, uh, but there was like a, a gasp a, around the uh, theater with this like super like sanitized, like small hint of a female orgasm that was shown. Like no flesh really was happening you saw like a dude's shoulder and then like uh like ah facial expression on a lady like it, it's so far from pornographic <laughs> yet uh the, the response was like uh just superhero dick copter slapping somebody in the face like <laughs> 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 Has our uh, like society become so sex negative or like sex averted that like this milk toast ass sex scene draws gas from a room full of adults? Like there was less tension when two men kiss than when two people like consummated their love. Which yeah. was like thousands of years in the making. So like they waited long enough. Like it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but and I was like, oh, is that like I as I felt that big piece bubbling up, I'm like, no, it is not 2013. You're not this person. How about you engage with the media that you paid to see instead of like think piecing? And it's hard not it's hard not to in your defense it's hard it, not it to is. think not to think piece it's part of the it's part of how we like like i said what we know is a part of how we interact with all of our media all the time yeah and, and it was it was very weird because like as i was walking off uh, i was like hearing um some old white ladies which i also thought was great like old white ladies just went as a group to see eternals or like <laughs> If Jack Kirby could see this shit, like, <laughs> <laughs> like wow. But um, this gag lady was like, well, I thought it was, a, it was a little racy for these types of films. They're supposed to be for families. And I'm like, well, how do you think families happen? Somebody had to fuck. <laughs> like, I mean, in fairness, in, in, in fairness, I can see where if you are not aware, like I didn't know there was a sex scene in it. But I knew it had a you real barely classified as. Listen, <laughs> I'm saying is that I know if somebody the Marvel movies have been pretty much milk toast, except for Joss Whedon's weird characterization of Black Widow in Age of Ultron. I mean, for like Iron Man, like just raw, 
seemingly raw dog some uh, bitchy reporter in Iron Man. Like, and, started off. And, like, the first Iron Man. But yeah. I was, the first Iron Man was released in 1945. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's just, like, it's been a while since um, we've seen any type of edge besides, like. Yeah, but it's just so, it's so shocking that, like, uh, you know, working with the things that I work with. Um, I guess I am very desensitized to sexual content to the point where I'm just like, yeah, people, people bone, uh, that, uh, being in a room of, uh, for lack of a better term, normies and seeing the shock that like, people are doing this. (laughs) And like these old, like they were old ladies, like gray hair. So I'm like, you guys have probably done that. Like, why are you so scared of it? Like, literally, the way they were talking about it, you would have thought that, like, the movie, like, faded out. And then, like, the Brazzers logo was embossed on the screen. And it was just, like, gaping Angels 12. Like, that's just not what was happening. Please. Yeah, um, I agree with you. Um, I've always thought that being shocked is America's chief export, besides white women, and so it it is what we do here is we are shocked by things. We are shocked by things here. That is our. I I guess I just can't fathom it because, like, I am too tired. Like, I saw so many, like, bait tweets that uh, maybe even, like, five years ago, I would have been, like, I am, like, I'm parking myself on Twitter, and I now must make this person know how bad a person they are, Uh, because there are people, uh, people saying that Eternals is anti-Asian man propaganda, because... An Asian woman has a white boyfriend, despite the fact that there is also a, an Asian man with a white woman. But like they gloss that over because it doesn't fit their narrative. But they're the fact that they think Disney is making anti-Asian male propaganda. First of all, no. Like, but then again, people believe that a very dead Kennedy was going to reemerge and christen Trump as a true God King. So right. people aren't, we're like not in the best head space as a no. species right now. No. no. <laughs> but like, I, I looked at those tweets and I was like, you know what? I choose not to engage in this. I'm just going to, block and mute all the people that are like uh, talking all that noise and I uh, just went about my time and I was like you know what NaNoWriMo I'm trying to get my thousand words a day let me let me do something constructive <laughs> I was like growth <laughs> but I, I feel like uh, that is not the tra- trajectory of most because <laughs> I feel like people are just like picking at even more um 
not even nonsensical, just like of the things they could like make their dying hill. Um, the Asian dick to white vagina ratio in a Marvel movie just still seems odd to me. But um, not odd enough that I'm like, I'm gonna engage in this. I just feel there's there's more to life than yeah. yelling at strangers on the internet. I agree with you. I've actually been interneting for good because I found a positive news story. Wait, what? Yes. Where? Something that was like, oh, this brings me hope. Okay. Um, And then I found one that uh, just destroyed my faith in humanity. But let's do the good one first. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Uh, according to Reuters, there is a new condom that's about to be ready uh, on the market in December in Malaysia and the surrounding markets. And it is called the Wonderleaf Unisex Condom. And it is made by a, a gynecologist that was, oh, his name is John Tang Yiching. And he just saw that there's like, uh, during the pandemic, there's this rise in STDs and unexpected pregnancies. Mm-hmm. And he was looking at all the PPE that everybody's using and wearing. And he's like, how can I improve both? And he made a, a super thin polyurethane um, adhesive based condom that could either be uh, worn in an innie or on an outie. And it is made to combat stealthing. Oh. Which he recognizes as a form of rape because he's like, I guess he probably thought, you know, everybody is in place, you're stuck, yet there's all this unwanted or unexpected pregnancies. Uh, He wanted to make something that would be undetectable. So if your partner is stealthing you, you will still be protected. And it's something that you can't feel once it's in. Now, I am going to admit it sounds very good, but the idea of putting adhesive inside me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but. But? It, it, it's going to be on the shelves in Malaysia by December, and it's only going to cost uh, a pack of two for about $3.61 which is kind of cheaper than a three-pack of Trojans. Are we going to order it and are we going to order some? I want to, but, like, um, I I think my pussy is that tired. Like, who test on me? <laughs> I mean, you can drop her, drop her, drop it an email or something. Like, see it, how it feels about 
you know, doing mild research work. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I understand, but you know, you, you guys, I mean, the only person, I mean, you're the only person that's going to be able to contact it, contact. It. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, I, maybe, um, I don't know, maybe slide in the DMs, you know, check and see how they feel about, you know, doing some work for the show. Yeah, uh, I'll see. Maybe they'll give me like some review ones. But I mean, I don't know if they're going to want to ship it all the way from Malaysia. <laughs> I mean, they're not going to ship it in a timely manner all the way from Malaysia, but I'm certain they'll take our money. I mean, we're going to have to pay extra. I mean, it's four bucks. Right. So then it would probably put it to be, I guess, everything, all things considered, be about 25, 30 at most. I think it's uh, worth. My question is, does this adhesive uh like did they test it on people with hair because i feel like that could uh hurt <laughs> ah yeah well, yeah if you if you google one belief unisex condom you'll see it it's very um it just looks like a normal condom basically it just has like uh, I guess some sticky stuff, but the sticky stuff looks like it's on the base. So I'm like, that's where hair lives. <laughs> but I'm very I would love this for everyone, just to be like, oh, I got it. Like you, person can't like it's already in there. Can't even feel it. It's whatever, and then I could like discard it. So I don't have to worry about you poking holes in anything or what have you. I'm all for a unisex condom because we had a, you know, any condom. And then they decided that they want to make it like prescription based and all kinds of weird shit. So like basically nobody uses them anymore. Uh, so I, I, I want this so hard. <laughs> For humanity, uh, I just don't want to rip off my my beauties. Security comes at a cost, <laughs> is what a U.S. general would say in this situation, and then leave when we realize we're talking about an adhesive unisex condom. Please continue. <laughs> so uh, you do peel it out of you or peel it off you, but uh, I don't. I I just feel like. There hasn't been much innovation when it comes to condoms in a very long time. It's like, uh, you know, olden time condoms. It was like uh, animal intestines. And then they're like, you know, that's not great. And they're like latex. And then for a really long time, it was like just that. And then they're like, oh, well, some people die from latex. We're going to use something else. And then they're like, okay, non-latex. And then that was it. But it wasn't a lot of innovation in like, how can we make this safer or how can we make um, protection a little, uh, add some more equanimity in there? So, yeah, isn't that like a good thing? Somebody spent the pandemic inventing a better condom. Yes. Now, are you sure you want to send the show crashing into the clock tower? given that you actually have someone who spent the pandemic doing a very good thing that will be interesting. And we will attempt to get condoms for myself and Jayla, and we will 
do, do the science. Uh, well, I can. Uh, I'm going to have a buffer story. Okay. Uh, depending on how you feel about it, because I've been having some interesting conversations publicly and privately about this. All right. Have you ever heard of Brass Against? What is that? Brass Against is um, a kind of nerdcore outfit. Uh, they are a uh, a brass instrument band that does covers of um, metal and hard rock and like uh, alt rock stuff. Right. Uh, they have a front woman, Sophia Eurista, and they did a set at, at a Florida show, Rockville, um, and the front woman uh, ha- had to pee. Right. And a fan was like, you can pee on me. Uh-huh. And she did. Okay. Uh and despite the fact this is like a metal rock show, everybody was like oh, pearls clutched. Uh, so, like, so someone asked to be peed on by their favorite person, and was peed on by their favorite person. Yeah, that sounds uh, and like. Then afterwards, uh, he like spit it like triple H. Oh, so she peed in his mouth, and then he he spit mist. He sprayed it into the mist, mist in the air triumphantly. Well, he he stayed on the ground, so it just went up and went back on him. And then yeah. after the set, she cleaned everything up. Oh, okay. Well, then I don't see. I would well, say, considering I... he paid, he paid, um, he paid the price for a regular ticket. He got several hundred dollars more of his money's <laughs> worth than the price for a regular ticket. I would say that's about unless that was that's about a thousand dollar ticket right there that he probably paid for maybe a hundred for. So, um, uh, kudos to him for getting his maximizing his uh, his investment. Kudos. Well, uh, there are people that are saying, "Oh, this is so inappropriate because it was being streamed live on Twitch." <laughs> Obviously, they cut that. They cut the stream. Live streamed her stream. Uh, <laughs> We just call it a live we stream. We just call yeah. it a live stream. Anyway, please continue. Uh, and so people were like, oh, that was inappropriate because uh, it was on a platform that is safe for work, blah, blah, blah. And then other people are saying, oh, well, it was too explicit to be to happen without prior warning, even though it obviously wasn't planned. She just had to pee. Uh, and I'm, I, I have like two minds about this. Um, I am not somebody who thinks every rock show should be uh, a Gigi Allen uh, tribute. Um, obviously, like, I don't want uh, the performer to look me in the eye directly. I'm just, no. So <laughs> I'm sure I would not have enjoyed this. Uh, but I kind of, like, the band was like, I'm so sorry. Like, they didn't have their front woman's back and there's just a part of me that's like you guys are like a solid band you're supposed to have like the band's back as ludicrous as that sounds uh that's that's i agree with you um uh, 
yeah, I'm I'm not gonna. I agree with you. I think that that's kind of your as a band. That's you know. Yeah, but I also understand that people could be upset because they're like, I did not come to the show looking for water sports and did not consent to witnessing water sports. It's kind of like uh, when couples like walk one on a leash in public or do like puppy play in public. You know what? You know what? Every so often things happen that require nothing happening in the moment and a future rule implemented going forward. (laughs) Like, like it's just like this requires a rule, but no punishment because it's one of those things where you have a you have a concert and then you get the call and you go hey uh, this lady peed in someone's mouth and then you go well did he ask for it and they go yeah and I go all right um in the future tell the performers don't pee off the stage thanks and then you hang up <laughs> and it's like that's that, like we I totally understand if people do not want to deal with the water sports going forward. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's weird because they were like doing a cover of Rage Against the Machine, so I'm like, I remember young Rage Against the Machine, or they're like climbing on stuff on MTV and just ripping it down, right? And I'm like, oh yeah, rock and roll. And I'm like, okay, so like a little piss is what you guys, right? Can't? Right. It, that's, that's very machine like behavior, right? From a bunch of metalheads is all I'm saying, right? And that's what I mean. It requires a future rule. If we have a metal concert on Twitch, nobody can pee off the stage. And it's like I've been to hardcore shows where like the the lead singer will just like, you know, do one of those like farmer hankies where they just like whoo right in the audience. It's just like I'm way more offended at that right. <laughs> than the idea of like a guy really enjoying getting pissed on right uh, as long as the piss doesn't splash on me right um, if i if i if i own a bar while this happened i don't care i i don't care and i would actually say something i was like wait good job good job good job covering for your good job defending your front your front woman yeah. band and i was also like to say like she didn't miss a beat like she was still singing while doing it right and she's the fucking best i listen this is a situation that requires a single rule added to the general list of rules that exist. That's it. Nobody needs to be punished. No, nothing. It's just when we stream metal concerts on Twitch, um, you can't pee off the stage. That's and it. Like, as somebody who's seen like water sports stuff, which you know, I'm not like super into, but like. I think it's becoming more mainstream. Right. Uh, yeah. Cause, uh, you know, FYI, not everybody could squirt, but a lot of people make squirt videos. So, you know, draw your own conclusions there. Hey, go on. So, uh, like, you see, see it, and you're just like, eh. Like, this wasn't, like, they didn't film this, like, salaciously. Right. Like, you couldn't see any genitalia. Right. It was just... You couldn't even see butt cheek, just like side profile, right. maybe. And um, she tinkled. Uh, he uh, went like a uh, whale, went up, went down. Hey, that's what's up. And then he, you know, went, Ooh, I'm on top of the world and then got off the stage and then they uh, finished the show. Right. That's what's up. That's good. 
like I said, it's just one of those things where we just make a rule. Like we just like on Monday, like right now, I'm gonna slack, and then someone goes, "What do we do about Monday?" And I go, "All right, um, take this sentence and put this in the general list in the contracts going forward." And there we go, and that's it in the contracts yeah. and in the paperwork. You can't do this yet. That's it. Yeah, I kind of feel like maybe there should be like when you buy concert tickets, like a consent to certain things. Right. Going like, forward, absolutely. There like, should. Are you cool with uh, bodily fluids? If not, maybe don't sit in the front row. Right. Exactly. Right. Uh, me personally, I hate when I go to a concert and anything flies above my head. Because I've seen every Final Destination movie and I have way too active an imagination. So I'm just not going to be able to enjoy the concert while anybody flies above my head. Uh, I wish I could opt out of sitting in a section where anybody flies. Like whether it be a dude on a piano. Uh, I've seen uh, K-pop girls just fly and they're on strings. I'm like, she's real high up. She only weighs like 89 pounds but you know terminal velocity she can still take me out if she falls on my skull so i don't know just i don't like it so if i could choose if i could consent to certain things in the concert not being in a under uh, fly zone would be a big one for me um i some people might not like pyrotechnics uh i love a good fire show like i'm easy to please if flames come out of the stage, I'm like, I'm being entertained. Peak entertainment. Uh, just like any movie with a dragon. I'm just like certain things for certain people. It's just like, yes. Uh, but I, admittedly, probably would opt out of the piss. I would not want to be uh, right. underneath the piss fountain. Right. Me neither. Not into that thing. Um, no. or more so, I mean, I, I don't think I'd want to find out in that context, but maybe I would. Hmm. Like, it's, this seems like a, like, in theory, uh, the part of me that's like, you be ungovernable, fuck yeah, anarchy, uh, is like that. But then there's also part of me that's like, <laughs> you tinkle, no, I don't like it. So I, I see both sides, but uh, ultimately my thought is if I'm your front woman in your band, your nerdy ass uh, brass cover band, clearly I'm the coolest one in this room. And if I piss on a guy, you guys better go fuck yeah. And apologizing for that shit. Come on now. Just and don't apologize on my behalf. Bro, no, 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 no. Here's the deal. I say you say what I just said. It was like, well, he asked for it. She gave it to him. Um, in the future, I imagine they're going to have to put some stuff in writing. <laughs> That's it. Right now, though, I don't think anything was wrong with what happened. If they don't want it to happen again, make a rule. We'll follow it. <laughs> we will, we yeah, will follow I mean, it. I'm sure technically they weren't like, hey, no piss stuff when they took the stage. So right. they found out right. after the fact right. that piss stuff was off the table. Right. And it should it wasn't off the table. It's off the table as of now before the end of business day. Okay. That happens all the time. I I assume this is the genesis of most road signs. 
Like those road signs that say that there's a turn, there's a hard turn coming up, reduce your speed. It's because somebody slammed into the median at 80 miles an hour. Had to have before they put that sign up. Have you seen the way Americans act or react to things? Every road sign is probably accompanied by at least five deaths. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't think putting up a road sign that says no pissing on the crowd after the fact is is out of line for how we create rules and fill our documents. I don't think it's any different. So, okay. Fine. As of 5 p.m. today, you cannot pee on, on into the crowd um on a twitch stream well, metal concert into the crowd she peed into the dude she was like i totally have to pee i'm not gonna make it to the bathroom right and, and i want to finish this song and he peed and said yeah, right and so i mean that's and a guy a- was like i will be your toilet right either way that is now not a thing that can happen as of 5 p.m today but it did happen and no one did anything wrong because no one knew it was anything wrong including me the person who deems what's wrong and right i didn't know it was a thing till now so with yeah. this new information comes new clauses in the paperwork yeah yeah and i i kind of feel like the consent issue um i i get it i do get it but i feel it it, not saying anybody asked for it by going to a rock show but like people used to kill animals live on stage Right, and I imagine this is so tame in comparison. Right, and I would bet you good money that someone probably slid slid open a a slit the throat of a goat, threw it into the crowd, and then on Monday, before bend of business day, someone was like, "At these concerts, you cannot murder any animals on stage for any reason. We are not holding." I'd be way more upset if I saw a show and like Ozzy Osbourne bit the head off a bat. Right. I like bats. They look like they're doing little dances. If you flip the footage, it's great. Bats are delightful. Uh, they are. Uh, I don't want to see one get decapitated. Right. So, and, you know. uh, and one of the reasons why he probably stopped doing that is because, again, hey, Ozzy says here, um, you can't chew the heads off of any um, live bats um, going forward. And he said, bet. I quote, uh-huh. bet. And then he stopped doing it. Yeah, I remember uh, them doing like hardcore shows, like very hardcore electric shows, where they would get like just a barrel of horse semen and just chuck it into the first couple, uh, like the front. Right. And they would tell you, they're like, hey, we are going to throw stuff. So if you're, if you're in a mosh in this pit, we're going to be throwing mud and whatever garbage on you and people be like yeah fuck yeah rock and roll um i would be like oh i'm gonna stay way in the back um and still have a poncho on because if anything gets on me i will die instantly from horror and disgust but i i uh, i'm not saying like this is what rock and roll has to be but like is it like you go for a crazy show and then somebody does something crazy and you're like, no, not like this. Like, it seems weird. Well, you know. Is that like victim blamey? Like, um, like, I don't feel great saying this. <laughs> so It's one of those things I, where I you, am you probably wonder, wrong. You wonder about the 
um, you wonder about the integrity of what makes the show the show, which is a thing to wonder about. But, you know, it depends on what you cut, what comes first. So uh, to you, um, does, does consent come first or the integrity, the integrity, the main level, like the intensity of a, of a rock show as you remember them? And that's a question for each individual person. What is more important to you? Because you're, you're, it, both points, both viewpoints are true, but what they both, wh- which is, which is most important is dictated by your value system. Yeah. So I, mean, I definitely would not want anybody to feel like violated. Right. But like, I feel like this was like non sexual beings. Right. Like but, it was more of like a, like a rock and roll people. Right. There I, are, I feel bad saying this, so I am, I'm gonna just say I'm wrong. I'm well, you know, the, the consent, <laughs> consent overall, and um, like many things, um, consent, the presence of consent, um, changes the way we go about a lot of our business, and therefore our business has to change because of it. Yeah, because there are people legit saying, "Is this sexual assault?" I'm like, "Well, I don't think this was a sexual act." Uh, on the part of a singer. No, not at all. I think she just needed to piss. Right. It so. was um it was it was wild. It was wild. It's not sexual assault. It was wild. It might have been too wild for the audience in that moment. Yeah. That's it. But it was wild. It wasn't. It definitely was not Sexual assault. It was just one. And they were like, not sexual assault on the guy who got peed on, but like sexual assault to the people who did not want to see somebody get peed on. Right. Because, you know, the dude that got the tinkle enthusiastically. Listen, he got his whole life. He got his whole life. He did. Kudos to him. Because, like, I'm thinking, like, I was aware of Brass Against before this as like, what a kooky concept. Like a bunch of band nerds found uh, a cute chick that is a good front woman and they cover these rock songs. Um, You know, it's adorable. Um, So like they weren't completely unknown to me. So I don't know if this guy like came to the concert with like, I need to be closer to the front woman of Brass Against. <laughs> like, they weren't like the headliner. <laughs> so he was most likely there to see another band. It was just like, oh, I could also get peed on? Okay. I do wonder if he came alone because I'm thinking, how is he getting home? Is he like having to call an Uber? <laughs> Is he getting in his car uh, covered in pee? Uh, it's just it's so many questions that I kind of don't even really want answered. <laughs> I don't feel like uh, uh, this was like premeditated in any way, shape, or form. Right. This is this required to, it was a it was a performance thing, and uh, it, it, it happens. You you adjust the rules going forward. And 
I also saw people saying like, oh, well, if she was a man, she would have been arrested. And I was like, I don't know. I've seen way too many guys pee on stage. Yes. Whether it's in like a bottle or on other people. Yes. So. But then again, this is kind of what we were talking about earlier where the context is it's like your outrage should be affected by context and history, which you obviously are missing because if you knew you wouldn't be mad at this in this way, if you knew the context that so you have to kind of well, actually in the history of hardcore metal concerts, the performer um, has a history of uh, questionable interactions with the audience. Um, and then you go on and explain the actual context of everything. And, you know, so it's, we're old. We're old. Yeah. We're old in the internet age, Jayla. We're old. I do. I feel like people don't remember, like, uh, crunk core. Right. And, uh, uh, like, warp tour hardcore bands. Like, that was, like, the most sanitized version. I think that's what people are remembering from hardcore shows. And not remembering uh, mosh pits where people spit their teeth at each other, right? And then, like thought that was awesome, right? <laughs> so it's it's right. This is why we're this is kind of what we're trying to balance out as per the beginning of the show. I appreciate that we brought it full circle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're just like we're just we're too old and we remember too much stuff. Remember when your senses are supposed to fail you, like we were supposed to become like hard of hearing and stop remembering things as we got older. And in fact, we're so anxious, we hear everything and now remember everything in great detail yeah. as it changes and can recall the great, the great scope of changes across many, many, many topics now. Yeah. Or that you're going to get more conservative as you get older. No. And now I, I went from like <laughs> super Christian, uh, Sunday school teacher too, or what? Like a little water sports guy. <laughs> I mean, what, yeah, there's a little bit of water sports. Gonna put some hair on your chest. Get out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, like uh, people used to line up to lick Jimmy Urine's face. <laughs> like, yeah, you were disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> So, right, yes, being old, uh, we, I think we're going to be a different generation of elderly. <laughs> we are just going to be a different generation of elderly from the looks of it. Yeah, yeah. Or we'll turn into uh, those old ladies who, while were super cool for going to see the Eternals, which I did not think was going to have a lot of, uh, you know, non-hardcore fan appeal, uh, were like, but they did it in it. I wasn't expecting that. I don't. I. I don't think so. Um. We don't. We are not trafficking and being shocked. We're actually going in the other direction. So you and I, we're kind of not. We. We. We're not being shocked, as we remember things too well, to um be shocked. Which is yeah. why I would just be like, oh, well, you know. No, I do remember there was this very like. Um, uh, popular twitter thread some weeks ago where somebody was like i don't see the point of sex scenes in movies they are unnecessary and too graphic and i was like what 
this is weird. And that, the person didn't seem like older than 25. So I'm like, oh, I, I actually how like movies and cable used to be. I don't. You know, what's funny is I don't actually disagree, but only because I find sex scenes to be generally not well written into the actual minute to minute. Of, well, I think of, of most, most people movies. think about sex scenes, they think of Game of Thrones, where it just seems like titties were thrown in for titty's sake. Yeah. And it's not actually like part of the narrative. Well, and it's just. Well, actually. And then she was naked. I'm, a, I'm, I actually am, I'm, I'm of the opposite mind. If you're in a brothel and a character is a womanizer and they're in a brothel and you grab them out of a brothel, then your titties are going to be all kimbo. For a few minutes there while you get him out of the fucking brawl. If you get me out of a fucking brawl, then be titties all about until you explain why the hell you're here trying to get me out of this goddamn brothel. That actually makes sense to me. Um, you know we have to name this episode Tits Akimbo, right? Writing it down. <laughs> and, um, but like some movies, I think like when growing up, I would see these sex scenes where the movie would go from one thing to like softcore Cinemax pornography in the middle of a movie that like changes the direction style and the lighting and everything and there's like a sex scene without much provocation and then it becomes a different movie so we can see some naked lady lovingly in the middle of see some actress naked in the middle of our fucking movie we were just watching you know what i mean like i don't know why those are there those are bad and i think those are a vast majority of sex scenes i've seen in things so i actually don't disagree for different reasons obviously but well i feel like there's not a lot of media now that even has them right like when I talk about a sex scene, I, I mean, like, there's thrusting. Like, uh, I don't think, like, they're kissing and they have the magical L-shaped um, sheets where no nudity is happening. <laughs> and it's just, like, not even writhing and just dry kisses. Like, that to me is not a sex scene. That's, like, a placeholder. So you know that the characters uh, did it, but, like, they're not showing nothing. And I think that's the majority of sex scenes now in, in modern media. I haven't, that's the last time I've seen that good sex scene. Jesus Christ, it's been a while since I've seen the they, sex they scene. They don't use them a lot. Like I mean, I don't, like I said, I just, I don't. Rated R movies are usually rated R for violence, for like violence right. or language, but not sex anymore. I mean, growing up, the sex was, it was good if you were trying to see someone naked as a youth. But in the ter- in the framework of a movie, most of them are were bad. It was just a really interesting way to see an actress semi nude as a youngster. It, it was not anything of it, it was not anything of narrative importance that added anything to a movie, um, unless the movie is about sex, like you know. And then the movie is some of those movies like they cir- the sex is like being circled and. It becomes a natural part of the act of the scene, the scene of the flow, but that's very rare. And yeah, I mean, we don't even have like romance movies anymore. Like uh, rom coms kind of died as a genre. I mean, I think we, I think we, um, got tired of looking at the whole, um, scruffy dude is owed a spectacular woman. Here's why genre like rom coms would have to change fundamentally, <laughs> and um yeah yeah like i remember uh the last movie i saw where there's just like not explicit but like an explicit discussion of sex um 
uh, I forgot what it was called. It's one of those Judd Apatow. I, I hope I'm saying his name right. Movies. Judd Apatow. Oh, I was wrong. <laughs> I mean, I may be wrong too. I've never actually. I thought it was Judd Judd Apatow, but Apatow. Uh, Apatow. I don't know. Well, we that know guy. that the fellow, one with the dude from Green Day in it, the um, homie. Yes. And like, uh, it has Paul Rudd in it, and he is like a. He's supposed to be a schlubby dad, and I'm like, it's Paul Rudd, but he's talking about how disheveled he is with his abs. It, it was weird, but it was also probably like an older movie, like 2013 or whatever. And, uh, you know, he plays like a married dude and the lady that's his wife, they're, they're like, well, it's your birthday. And they just talk about like blowjobs and then like she does it. And I was just like, oh, okay. But like, <laughs> I, I wasn't used to that. <laughs> and I, cause I think older movies, uh, like I've, I've been, uh, watching a lot of like classic air quotation movies and movies from the 70s would just be like we this is like a introspective character study but a chick that has two lines is going to show you her titties in her ass. <laughs> yes <laughs> yes like they had a quota they're like yo this is a radar movie we have to deliver the fun the goods and i don't think that happens as much like i feel like we have more in context Yes. Sexuality in films. Yes. To the point where a lot of films don't have the sexuality on display because there's no context for it, which I honestly yeah. like to see. Though I do remember now that I think about it. Mm -hmm. um, the, uh, I don't know the name of it, but it was Michael Bay with Deadpool guy. Ryan Reynolds. Yes. Okay. There's many car chases uh, in this, like the plot what plot but like smack dab in the middle of that movie there's a sex scene that ryan reynolds has with a woman who previously wasn't in the movie like it seemed like they shot it and they just stuck it in there and then they, they didn't really address it afterwards so i was like oh that just happened and i think that movie came out in like 2019 but it's also uh Michael Bay. So I feel like that's like not a regular movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know like what you're I, talking about. Hold on. Um I know what you're talking about. I think that movie just came out recently. Not the one with like my uh The Rock and Detective. Oh no 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 not that one. No, that one that one that one is like three month old or something like that. I know there's another one you're talking about though. No, I think this one is a little bit older like it has to be like yeah, 2019 20 it's called um six underground sure <laughs> <laughs> whatever <laughs> fine <laughs> i just remember it, it like as i was watching it i was like did i have a stroke like nothing makes sense like it was the most things are happening at my eyes but no nothing is like it's a movie question mark it is it, it was like jazz shit <laughs> just happened and you're like sure uh i i would see if every movie was like that yes we'd have a definite argument that um the way american 
movies uses sex is overzealous. But I I feel like we don't do that much anymore. It's so much so that when you do see it, it is shocking. So that's why I was surprised to see so many people be like, there's too much sex on TV. Especially now because TV and movies are so, um, like you have to seek it out now. <laughs> so I want, so here's a, this is a question kind of coming back around to what we were talking about earlier. Where do we find balance? So we do have infinitely less sex on TV. I agree with you. But if some people think there is too much sex on TV now, when there was too much sex on TV before, or at least pointless sex in movies. Um, when well, it seems exploitative sex in movies. Right, exactly. Okay, exploitative is a great, great qualifier. Exploitative sex in movies. Where's the line? I kind of feel like it should be like a musical where the songs uh when you can't uh say the emotions just through words like you sing and when the action is so hyped up you dance i kind of feel like that's how sex scenes should be so they should be a logic they should be logically built around logically built around them yes it should be something that teaches you about the characters and their situation. I thought that was what and, was happening. Uh, I would say, what did you say, six feet underground or whatever? Yeah, six underground. Six underground. Again, sure. Uh, that <laughs> movie, the sex scene did not uh, inform the story or the characters in any meaningful way. Except that Ryan Reynolds has abs, and I guess they were like, people are getting bored now, show the abs. Like, I feel like there were several scenes of stuff happening, and like, they they had a test audience to see when they started looking at their phones, and they were like, okay, insert abs at this point, so we get their eyeballs back on the screen. <laughs> That's how that sex scene felt. Like, it was a reshoot or something. <laughs> they yeah. brought them back to this yeah. weird scene. Yeah, because I was like, "Who is this person?" I was like, "She wasn't in the scene before. She's not in the scene after." Literally, was rewinding the movie to try to find that chick, and I'm like, "Is that supposed to be his ex-wife?" And why is this happening now? It, it was weird. <laughs> like that, I would call a jarring sex scene. I mean, though I think it happens in other mediums. Like I have read books where I'm like, "Okay, they told the author to." sexy this up because this is not an earned sexy <laughs> like I'm here reading about fairies and like magic worlds and then suddenly somebody in the middle of a battlefield is going to slob some fairy knob it, it, you know it's a little, it's a little jarring <laughs> and yes that's a Sarah Moss call out 800 pages of fairy dick Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, I shouldn't because I'm sure she's delightful, but whatever. Uh, so I don't know. Like, I kind of feel like it's also super subjective because I think maybe if you, uh, for example, was looking 
for fairy dick in a book and you read through 800 pages and there was no fairy dick i i would see that that person could be very upset but i i i guess for me uh when i think of magical elf war i don't think about uh blowjobs on the field while people die around you what book what book is this <laughs> uh god let me see it was like the court or something you gotta you gotta be real specific because you just got real specific <laughs> out of nowhere. So now we have to get real specific. I I would have to like go and find my tablet. Well, this my is Kindle a de- app on well, it. this is a developing story. <laughs> Next time we record, we will actually call. We will actually properly center the story that has you it's, so mad. It's not mad. It was just like. Very much not what I expected because, like, I uh, I was talking to a a buddy of mine about NaNoWriMo, which is happening right now, National Novel Writing Month, and we're both doing it. And she asked what mine was about, and she's like, "Oh, so you would like this author?" And gave me a link to a bunch of their books, and I chose one at random and started reading it. And I was like, "This is like real horny." (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like real horny like uncomfortably horny was it one of those situations where you learn a lot about the person that recommended you the book because you read the book <laughs> kind of but cause, because i guess but it also could have been like you know um she knows me and i'm uh I, I, you know, I deal with sex and sexuality a lot, so maybe she just thought that would be up my alley. But I, I was thinking like, uh, like non-Christian Narnia kind of situation, and instead I got like so horny for fairy dick, <laughs> like, like paragraphs to describe the exquisiteness <laughs> and the heft of a fairy dick. <laughs> More than was explained, like how their wings work. It was well. Yeah, in again. fairness, we know how fairies work. I would love to know how their genitals work. I right, listen. There is interest in it. Um, yeah, but you know what? It did make me think with the thing I'm writing. Um, you know, which of my characters has a, a big dong? <laughs> I had not considered that, and apparently. That might come up. My my readers might ache to know who has inches and who does not. Um, which you know, I'll, I'll put that on the wiki, I guess. <laughs> so you know the length and girth of every character. You absolutely should give it some thought. <laughs> uh, you know, not to. I'm, these are really popular books, so I know somebody's writing an angry letter right now. Uh, about me building like this. Uh, now I feel like I'm being the sex negative one. Uh, I, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it was sold to me in a way that downplayed how <laughs> integral the horniness was. I was not expecting a book with a romantic subplot, let alone uh, one that was so wit. Uh, you Like, you know... Uh, the, the 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 aroma and the the heft uh, the heaviness of want in every vagina in this book it is um uh, 
turgid with want on every page. Because, <laughs> okay, so I was like, I am not sure how I will do with action scenes. Because for my NaNoWriMo project, I originally in- envisioned it as a comic. But I am untalented in drawing and poor. So that probably will not come to fruition. Right. So I'm, I'm thinking of maybe just doing like a light novel, which is the, uh, it's basically it's a novel, but at certain intervals, you have some comic pages. And I, it's not the most popular medium, but it seems like something that, that will work for me. So I was saying, because I was envisioning everything as a comic, I'm not really sure how I'm going to deal with some of the fights and action scenes. So she's like, oh, this book has great descriptions of action. (laughs) I assumed that the only type of action was going to be fairies with swords kicking each other. Ah, I see. So I was sold a very different book. Uh. And the back cover does not, like the little uh, description, does not convey the horniness. What's the name of the book? Uh, what is it? A Court of Something Something? You got to look it up now. It's been 10 minutes. Uh, Chew. Go look it up. You're on the hook. You talked about you talked you talked about it for you talked about it for uh, you talked about it for 10 minutes. It's got it's we need a name now. Was it uh, A Court of Thorns and Roses? I think is the one I read. A Court of Thorns and Roses. All right, by Sarah Moss. Yeah. All right, guys. So if you guys want to if you guys want to inquire about the um great details of fairy penis which you know would not blame you getting the right one because i could i could be mixing up the authors because she gave me a bunch of books and i was just reading a bunch well so let me look Okay, romance scenes. I guess this is the one. What's it called? <laughs> uh, a Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah does Moss. Co- All right. Yeah, does a Court of Thorn and Roses have romance? Uh, romance blooms quickly. Great sex is had and enjoyed and described in pretty explicit. De- yeah, is this one? <laughs> All right. So there you go. Court of Thorns and Roses. All right, so if you are curious about the um, nature of fairy dick, um, get in there. I'm uh, certain that's um, more than enough of us. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, I, I hope that it's supposed to be erotic, or else that it's just I, I hope a little it, much. Listen, I hope it. <laughs> so I, listen, it's not listed as erotic. Listen, I hope it. I just hope it scratches the unique itches of a unique audience, oh, wait, which is like our audience. Five of these books. There you go. I thought it was uh, going to be the fantasy book, so uh, I haven't finished reading this book. It, it's it's 
it's kind of lengthy for what it is for me. Um, well, I mean, it's not that long, actually. I thought it was like 800 pages. I think it's only like 400 pages. But it seems like 800 pages if you get much drift. Yeah. Uh, like there's there's a lot of repeated phrases. And again, um, it's wit. <laughs> Just so explicitly wit. Yeah. And there you go. Uh, and obviously I'm not saying I'm better or more talented than a published author, but I feel like in my hands, I would, uh, concentrate way more on their like world almost coming to an end and their way of life being threatened than, um, will I get a hot poke in the next couple of pages? I, I don't know. It sounds like a book you should stop reading objectively. <laughs> like what you just described is like, it's almost like I don't, it, it does sound like someone ready to leave the bar. Just saying. <laughs> so it, it, there's definitely an audience for that book. Oh, it is, it's insanely popular. Right. Um, it's just you're not the audience for that book. And I think we're going to come to the conclusion that you are not the audience for that book. I mean, I, a, I don't think I'm the audience. I think, um, if I had been told that this is supposed to be erotic, still wouldn't do it for me, but I would have been prepared for it to be that much uh, of a preoccupation. Um, I also am not super into romance fantasy. Like, like I've read through Game of Thrones and books like that. I read all like so many uh, Redwall books, which are like high fantasy, but like with like animals, not anthropomorphic animals either, just like animals that are nights. Um, so like there's not romance really in that. Uh, and that's usually my, my lane, I guess. Right. I just never really got into romance novels. I don't think they're bad. I don't think you're like less of a reader if that is what you like like what you like just personally for me that doesn't really do it for me <laughs> for books because i have no problem reading like slice of life romance comic books so like i'm i'm judging but not from too far I think there's a difference between like a splash page and um, 450 words about a fairy dick. <laughs> well, there you go. There's levels. That's all I'm saying. There's <laughs> I also hate that like, who will she choose? Like, somebody's going to storm your empire. It's not important. <laughs> You can't introduce the world, uh, like a world-ending war, and your character's way of life being threatened, and then be like, but does she like boy? Like, the fuck? Then again, I watched all seasons of Sailor Moon as a child, so cannot judge. Oh, there you go. 
so we've 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 done it again. We've talked. We've gone so many places. I and mean, you did it. You did a good thing. We didn't end on a soul crushing story. We just gave everyone a perfectly um, valid book recommendation. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'd call it a recommendation at this point. <laughs> if you want to read about fairy dicks, then you can come to this book. If you do not, fair warning: this book has fairy dicks in it. Yeah. Right. I think that that's. I think you did it. I don't think you can do much better than that. You did it. Yes. So, congratulations. Yay. <laughs> All right. Okay, well, before I go, I do want to say that attached to this episode, there is a GoFundMe link, uh, and it is in support of my cousin who is in Jamaica who has leukemia, and uh, the medical system in Jamaica is a bit overrun because of COVID like everywhere. So uh, he is fundraising so he can uh, hopefully get some expanded medical treatment. Uh, I'm sending his blood samples for testing to the U.S. and uh, hopefully seek some more effective uh, leukemia treatments. So that is going to be attached and you guys can read over and learn about him. And hopefully, if you can help out, I'm obviously knowing that everybody is, you know, financially fatigued during uh, this pandemic. But if you can, uh, please help out. And just sharing it, share the link if you can. That will help exponentially. So, yeah. Have we we sufficiently done whatever it is we do now i think we i think we i think we nailed it i think we did we did a good job today yeah (laughs) okay well on that super high non-soul crushing note there you go i will see you all next tuesday